Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Greg and Grant. How's it going, guys? Hello, good evening. Yeah, good, thanks. Great to be back with you this week. Hope you're both well. Yeah, we're doing good. I was going to say, we, sorry we missed you last week, Grant. Obviously, the whole scheduling of things meant that we had to do it on the Friday because the bookies were slow off the mark with our prices in Belarus. But we're a wee bit quicker this week, so we're a wee bit better prepared and it's great to have you back on board. Yeah, great to be back. Um, can't be helped when the bookies are running late with our prices, but yeah, nice to see they're on time this week. Yeah, they seem to have got their finger out this week, Greg. Yeah, I think last week was down to the fact it was the Belarusian transfer window. And the movement, yeah, I really do. The, mm-hmm. the movement last week in players between sides last week was incredible. Mm-hmm. So I'll give the bookies a wee break okay. and it's, say it's like, probably it's wasn't like, yeah. your fault. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, so just touching on last week, uh, very unlucky not to get a full house last week. Um, three out of six, but three bets that were downed were really just down to one game and it was a r- ridiculous result. Yeah, so probably one of the results of the season. Rook Brest have gone to Energetic and have absolutely pumped them 8-1. <laughs> so I've never seen a side win 8-1 and only get one corner. So I put quite a few eggs in that basket um, in terms of Rook Brest getting three, four and five corners uh, and only got one, which is really disappointing. But the Nap one, which is great, uh, for testing at five or more, landed at 10 to 11. And I think that's just 10 naps out of 11 now in Belarus. It's incredible which good going. Yeah, and uh, Vitesk, 6 plus, was 13 to 8 in places. So, although it was only 3 to 6, it was still a profitable weekend. So, really pleased with that. Yeah, from a betting point of view, there's not much more heartbreaking than backing corners and then the team going on to score more goals than they win corners. <laughs> <laughs> not really, just eight to five, isn't it? Yeah, it's ridiculous, <laughs> to be fair. So, um, so, we're going to cover a couple of Belarusian games. Uh, further into the podcast, Grant, you're going to give us your tips. Um, just before we get started, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's subscribed to our new Telegram channel. So if you're listening to this on Telegram channel, thank you very much, um, especially from Greg. I'm sure he's delighted with the response that um, you've had so far on that, Greg. Yeah, it's been great. R- really appreciate it. And obviously, keep firing the questions through. I've had quite a few conversations with a few of the guys so far with some good some good advice, some good uh tips and hints how we can improve the service as well so keep them coming yeah taking a lot of feedback on board and hopefully most people who have joined have had a successful start certainly there's been plenty of winners in the last week or so so um, hopefully everyone who's joined so far is happy with uh, what they're getting to date if you're not already a member then head head over to gambler.co.uk and you can find out details there on how to join us Um, if you are a member then you'll know that you get uh, tips daily from Greg and we also make these podcasts available um, up to 24 hours early for people who are on the telegram so it means that you can get the best uh, get access to the best prices before some of the odds uh, disappear so yeah head on over to gambler.co.uk and join us if you're interested okay so Grant we're going to kick off with you and the first game we're going to look at is on Friday night and it's Watford's visit to West Ham yeah, big match at the bottom of the Premier League on Friday night. West Ham hosts Watford. A win for either side would almost certainly secure safety with a couple of games to go. Both teams picked up big wins last weekend. West Ham winning 4 0 away at Norwich, a result that confirmed Norwich's relegation. Watford, they came from behind to beat Newcastle 2 1 to make it two wins from two. Um, but the following day, both 
Bournemouth and Aston Villa won. So the, the fight for survival is still quite tight, um, but a win here for either side would really all but secure safety. From a betting perspective, I'm going to avoid the, the outright markets here. Both teams have been really inconsistent this season. West Ham have struggled at home, picking up just 18 points at the London Stadium. Watford, they've won just twice in the road this season. Um, but given what's at stake here, I think there could be some value in the card markets. Watford set third in the fair play table. They've racked up 76 cards this season. So they're averaging about 2.1 cards per game. If we dig a bit deeper, it can be seen they're averaging exactly two cards per game away from home. Uh, and West Ham, despite their struggles this season, they do have some quick and technically gifted players in forward areas. People like Fernals, Antonio, Bowens that made a good start to his West Ham career. Um, and I'm expecting quite a closely fought and competitive battle here, given each side's predicament. So the, the bet I like the look of is um, 20 or more Watford booking points, and that's that pays 4-5 to five with Skybet. Yeah, a quick look um, when you sent these bets through, and I see Watford relatively high in the overall bookings uh, table. They sit third with an average of 2.09. I mean, relatively speaking, the Premier League's not um, not a wash with cards, really, compared to some of the other leagues in Europe. No, definitely um, get much higher card counts in Italy and Spain. Um, but I think two is not too much to ask for, of no. course. Essentially, yeah. what you're looking at, or one red when it comes to um, booking points. And I think if you are selective with your fixtures, I think yeah. there can be some value. So, yeah, given that it's quite a big game to start the weekend off in the Premier League, yeah, happy to have a play on that here. Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? The fact that it's there's a lot at stake for these teams, so you would expect them to be fully committed. Yeah, that's that's what I'm expecting and, and what I'm hoping for, um, certainly with this bet in mind. It's a really interesting point, actually, that the level of cards we've been getting, in, especially in Spain and Italy, mm-hmm. Seguenda, second tier in Spain, is just ridiculous. <laughs> I think they're getting seven or eight cards every game. Spain... La Liga's getting lots, um, and obviously Serie A's getting lots as well, but the Premiership, I just don't understand why. What's the difference in, I don't know, culture or player ability? Why are we only getting one or two gate corners, or sorry, bookings a game in some of the games? It's really, really strange. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal and Tottenham share the top of the table for the, the card count, and they've got 2.25 per game. So it's really, really low. I just don't, I don't understand, Joey. Are, they, no. are the players in other leagues more motivated? I, I don't know. It's just really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think when teams go into Europe, we often see a, a difference in terms of how referees referee games. You know, so I think there is an element of the refereeing. Simply, you know, some things are tolerated here that maybe aren't elsewhere. So what you're suggesting then is that the English FA should seek the appointment of some Spanish and Italian <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would sort the card counts right out. Wait till you see the odds rocket. Yeah, Okay, so the bet on that one is Watford to gain 20 plus booking points at 45 with Skybet. Yeah, that's, next that's up, it. we're going to look at Spurs v Leicester and that's a game that could have a huge bearing um, come the weekend on who takes the automatic uh, Champions, League, Champions League places. Yeah, staying in the Premier League and moving up to the, the top end of the table. Yeah, big game, as you mentioned. Um, Spurs and Leicester at the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday. Um, I think it'd be fair to say Spurs have not been a great watch under Jose Mourinho. But 
They are unbeaten at four, and they are still in contention for a top six finish. Leicester, they've been in the top four for most of the season, but their bid for a top four finish has really started to crumble. Um, they've been had quite a damaging run since the restart. Just one win from six going into tonight's match with the Sheffield United. And they really self-destructed last Sunday night when they fell to a 4-1 defeat away at Bournemouth. They looked to be cruising to victory and they, they collapsed. Um, but fortunately for them, their top four rivals didn't capitalise on that. Chelsea losing and Man United drawing um, on Monday night. Um, but it does look to me that Leicester are feeling the pressure. They've got a few injuries and suspensions as well. Just two wins in their last 11 Premier League games. Again, like the, the West Ham match, I'm going to look at the card market here. Um, you mentioned that English refs can be a bit more lenient, and I completely agree. But the referee in this game tends to be a bit better for getting the book out. That's Anthony Taylor. He averages about four a game. So he's yeah. more often than not, he's, he can be quite good. He's in Mike Dean territory almost. Um, <laughs> no, no one is in Mike Dean territory. <laughs> that's true. He's um, one of a kind. But, um, yeah, Leicester, they do have one of the lowest card counts in the league. But as you mentioned, they've got a lot to play for here. Um, they're going to be without two of their mainstays at the back. Um, Soyuncu is suspended, Ricardo Pereira's injured. Um, so it's going to be a patched up back four. And Spurs, for all their struggles, um, they do still have a lot of pace and flair in attacking areas. And I think they could cause Leicester some problems here. So similar bet um, to, to the last one, going to back the away side to collect 20 or more booking points and again that's 4-5 to five with Skybet Yeah to be fair although I did jest about Mike Dean he's on 4.42 yellow cards uh, per match and Anthony Taylor's on 4.14 so he's not far off at all Yeah to Taylor tends to be my sort of go-to after Mike Dean if, you, if I'm looking to get a card <laughs> bet on yeah he tends to be the next best I find Yeah and that's based on quite a lot of games I think Taylor's refereed as many games as anyone in the Premier League this season, so it's not as if his stats are skewed in any way. You know, you think they'd level out over the course of a season. Um, so the bet on that one again, it's uh, a bookings points bet, and it's Leicester twenty or more booking points again at forty five. But this time we bet three six five. Um, sorry, Sky bet. Sky bet. Again. Yeah, apologies. Yeah. No worries. Okay, and the last game in England we're going to look at is the FA Cup semi final between Man United and Chelsea, which is on Sunday at six. Yeah, Sunday night, that one. Um, that's the second of the two FA Cup semi-finals this weekend. Both teams are fiercely competing for a Champions League place in the league. Um, I think at the time of recording, just four points separate the two sides. But United could reduce the gap tonight if they can manage to win away at Crystal Palace. United did suffer a setback on Monday night, but they have been in brilliant form in recent months. I think they're 18 unbeaten now scored 17 goals across their last six league games and their front three of Martial, Rashford and Greenwood they've not far off 60 goals between them this season so plenty of firepower both Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba look to be forming a decent partnership in midfield as well and I think United made history last week um, becoming the first ever team to win four consecutive Premier League games by a winning margin of three or more goals so well all in Good all, start. yeah, yeah. Start. <laughs> really, really fighting over the last um, few months, and that was either side of the break. Um, and for me, that doesn't bode well for a Chelsea defence. 
or goalkeeper for that matter who don't fill me with confidence any time I watch Chelsea. Um, mm. You only have to look at some of their recent fixtures. Both West Ham and Sheffield United scored three against them. I think Palace scored two against them as well. Um, and if you look a bit further, I think Lampard's defence have only kept one Premier League clean sheet away from home this season. So, yeah, they definitely can be got at. United, as we mentioned, really firing at the moment. They've scored at least two goals in their last five matches. Um, but it's also worth noting that the two teams have met three times already this season, with United scoring two or more goals in each of those meetings. Um, so with that in mind, I like the look of the, the five to four on offer for two or more Man United goals, and that's with Bet365. Yeah, it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting match generally, but I think it'll be an interesting test for United. Fair to say they've probably been the most exciting in the Premier League since football's come back. I mean I think Man City have been have been good um almost with the pressure off them. But yeah. United United going forward look as if they've got some real potential there. Um but when I look at the fixtures of the results that they've achieved, I, w- I would say that they'd be expected to win all the games um, that, that they have done since the return. So this maybe presents a, a stiffer challenge for them. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. And I would say in terms of um, an entertainment um, value, they have probably been the best side to watch. Certainly in terms of any teams that have got anything left to play for. City have been great, as we know, but it's a bit of a pre-season for them in preparation mm. for the Champions League. Yeah. I think that's the way yeah. Guardiola yeah. is viewing it. Yeah, um, but yeah, this will definitely represent a really tough test for United to have. Had some favourable fixtures, but can't take away from the fact they've, they've looked really good and yeah, playing with a lot of confidence at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a decent shout. I mean, looking again at the history of the fixtures, Man United, I'm quite surprised to see they're unbeaten in six against Chelsea. Um, and as you point out, they've They've got an act of scoring a couple of goals against them. Added to the fact that Chelsea's defence does, you know, doesn't look as if it can be trusted. Then I think getting five to four on a couple of United goals looks decent. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a... that's probably the key thing, isn't it? I think Chelsea conceding lots of goals at the moment, but I guess the key thing for Man U is they are scoring goals. So I think five to four does look a great show. Yep. Okay, we're going to move on to Italy on Monday night, and Juventus looking to take another step closer to the title. Yeah, moving into Serie A, um, a league where there's been no shortage of entertainment this season. It's been really um, a great watch most games, uh, and there's a big game at the top of the table on Monday night, Juventus meet Lazio. Before the break, both sides were neck and neck, um, but Lazio's title hopes are hanging by a thread now, following a run of just two wins and seven. They travel to Turin, eight points adrift of Juventus, so it really is must-win for Simone and Zaghi's side. Juventus, though they are having a bit of a wobble themselves, failed to win any of their last three matches. They do remain on course for a ninth consecutive title, but they they have failed to keep a clean sheet in their last five, and they've conceded nine goals in their last three matches. So they're unusually um, leaking goals at the moment Mm -hmm. for them. Both teams have scored in Juventus' last five games, and I like the look of goals again here. Lazio won the previous two meetings this season, winning 3-1 in both occasions. And both teams have scored in five of the last seven times that these two sides have came up against each other. Both teams' the score looks a bit short at 4-6, to six, and although I wouldn't put anyone off that, I'm going to try and get a wee bit more value out of it by adding over two and a half goals. Taking that approach would have paid out in 10 of the 14 matches these two sides have played out since the restart. 
and that combination pays 11 to 10 with Bet365 on Monday night. Yeah, I think the Italian league, I mean, you look at league table and you see Atalanta have scored nine, 93 goals now. Um, 900,000 goals have scored this season, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and by comparison, I mean, Juve have scored 70 goals, but you kind of think they've had a fairly quiet season in front of goal, but in any other league season, that would just, you know, been a very um, acceptable amount for league champions to have scored, but uh, Atalanta's just blown everyone away, but it seems there's just goals whenever anyone plays in, in Italy. Yeah, not something you used to associate no. with Serie A and years gone by, but Atalanta have been in a league of their own, certainly when it comes to scoring goals, both domestically and in Europe um, this season. And if Atalanta managed to win on Saturday, I think it is, it might just put a bit of pressure on Juventus as well, granted this game. Mm-hmm. OK, so we're looking for goals in that one. It's UVV uh, Lazio Monday night, and it's both teams to score and over two and a half goals at 11-10 with Bet365. Yeah, that's it. Good stuff. OK, so, Greg, over to yourself, and we're going to have a wee look at Belarus, just for a change, and the return, thankfully, of our <laughs> beloved Belshina, who won last weekend. Yes, Belshina are back. Belshina are back. They looked <laughs> kind of dead and buried a few weeks ago, but for a couple of really positive results. Obviously, last weekend they won, and they're now no longer detached at the bottom of the league, which is great. So I actually can't believe now we're on match day 18. Where has the last 12, 13 <laughs> weeks gone? <laughs> when did when did we start doing these podcasts with Belarus? Uh, match day five, five, I think it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's so. been an incredible journey since then. In terms of last week, some really surprising results. I think obviously we've spoken about Luke Brest uh, scoring eight at Energetic. Um, Smolovici, now Smolovici, like I mentioned last week, They've had a lot of off-field problems and on-field problems. They've lost most of their team. They lost their manager. They've raided the lower leagues and the other club reserve leagues to literally just be able to feel the side. And they won 3-1 at home to Islosh last weekend, which is a great result, given yeah. what's happened there. They were quite uh, a big base as well, weren't they, at home? Yeah, I think Islosh were as short as 1-2, so they would have been mm-hmm. 3-1 probably yeah. to win that match. I don't think anybody expected Smolovici to win that game, and they have. They're seven points in their last three games now and got a real chance now of staying up. Um, obviously, Belshina won, which is great. Bat Borisov, really out of sorts at the moment. That's them now just one win in five. Um, quite a lot of draws, and they were held again at the weekend at home uh, to Slavia. So they've really given Shakhtar and Magrodno a real chance at the top of that league this season mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the markets this weekend, they've picked out two games and yeah, it's no surprise that I'm focusing on uh, Grodia's match v Boshina on Friday at 6pm. So I think we mentioned last weekend, Boshina have probably landed us double-figure winners this season in terms of the amount of times we've tipped them on the podcast yeah. and the amount of times they've won. We didn't tip them last weekend, but we did say the likelihood is they will hit five or six, and of course they hit six. Yeah, just to be um, clear, just to be clear, when you say the amount of times they've won, it's not them actually winning games because I think is that their second win of the season. Yeah, they've only yeah. won two games, so they're, they're bottom of the league with ten points. It's very much on the corners market <laughs> that we've been uh, back in Belshina. It's only on the corners market to be back in them, and that doesn't change this weekend. Although what I would say, they're playing a Garodia side who are in dire straits at the moment. They've only won one of the last eleven matches. It's not looking good for them at all. Um, Belshina now 
win last weekend, a draw last weekend, weekend before that, sorry. And as I said before, they were looking dead and buried about two or three weeks ago. And they pretty much felt that their time was up mm-hmm. in terms of trying to get back that gap between them and kind of 14th place. They do have the smallest budget in the league, Bolshina, but they're certainly battling on away and they've given themselves a real chance. Yep. So looking at Boshina's corner stats, just to recap, um, they're currently hitting 5.53 corners a game, which is the fifth highest in the league. But when you look at their away record for corners, it's quite incredible. For a team to be bottom of the league, nobody has hit more corners away from home than Boshina. I can't imagine that happening in any other league anywhere. That a team bottom of the league lead the corner count away from home after 17 rounds of games. Yeah, it's quite an anomaly, isn't it? It really is, and obviously that's the way they play. They play with wide men. They've been hitting six, nine, five, five, four, four, fives, eights. They're pretty much hitting four corners a game every week. So I think at their 17 games so far, they have delivered four or more corners in 14 of their 17 away game, of their 17 mm. games this season. Mm. They have hit four or more in their last 12, and they've hit five or more in 10 of the last 12 games this season. And on the roads, they've hit five or more in five of the last six away. So, obviously, really impressive corner stats for Bilshina. And I think we're still getting value at four and five. I think even money that they are this week to hit five. They're playing a Grodia side who have the second highest conceded corner count in the league at 6.41. And what's really interesting here is they've conceded five or more corners now in 15 of their 17 league games which is huge, and they've conceded five or more in seven of their eight home games. So, Garodia, if Bolshina win this match, they only go three points behind Garodia. Um, so, I think in terms of the prices for this match, I think they're both evenly matched, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't want to call it, but in terms of um, who's playing better at the moment, obviously, Bolshina will really, really, really fancy their chances here of, of getting a result. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they play the way they have been playing recently especially away from home and the way they currently play there's no reason why they can't deliver um, five plus corners well, I'll definitely be having my Bilshina scarf on come Friday at six o'clock so I'm going to make them this weekend's nap for the Belarusian podcast there's no reason not to uh, I just think they're playing a really really poor Grodia side Bilshina hitting some really great numbers I think they got six again last week and they've, they've, hit te- they've hit five or more now in 10 of their last 12 games. They can definitely hit five against a pure Grodia side. Yep, and hopefully they can get the win as well and close that gap. Yeah, I'd like to see them do that because they do have... There was an interesting piece on Twitter this week around the budgets for the sides. Mm-hmm. So I think obviously Bat Borisov lead the way at, I think, £7 million in terms of what the, the squad's worth. And Belshina were bottom of that, no surprise, at just above £1 million. So not great masses of money spent in the league in terms of personnel, but there is a big difference between the the top sides and the teams at the bottom of the league. So it'd be great to see Bolshina stay up. Indeed, if for no other reason than we will miss them <laughs> in their corners next season if they go down. So um, yeah, so it's Bolshina five or more corners at even money, and that's the nap, and that's on Friday at six. And then one more game we're going to have a look at is on Sunday at 2.45 and it's FC Minsk v Energetic. Yeah, so Energetic, they say a week's a long time in football. <laughs> Two weeks ago, Energetic were celebrating a 1-0 win away at Borisov with 10 men. 
um, sitting third in the league. Everything was looking rosy. Then last week, they lost their top goal scorer to Shakhtar. They lost two other key players, I think, last week. And they've got, <laughs> played Root Brest at home. And Root Brest have obviously hammered them 8-1. So it's just been a brutal week for uh, Energetic. And they're away at Minsk side who... They've got two games in the hand still, FC Minsk, but they're having a really, really poor season. Every week, it's just 1-0 defeats, 1-0 defeats, 1-0 mm-hmm. draws. Yeah. They're not getting hammered. They're, they're competitive still, but they're really need to start getting some wins. Um, and those two games in hand, they'll probably be quite difficult games anyway. So in terms of this match itself, looking through FC Minsk's kind of performances recently, um, I think they've lost five games this season by one goal. So they're not probably that far away from getting some more points on the board. Uh, but looking at their corner counts, though, I backed them last week at Dynamo Minsk to hit four or more. And I think they hit eight last week, um, which is which is huge. Yeah. So at the moment, they've hit five or more corners now in five of their last six games. They've hit eight, six, five, eight, three and five. And they've got some decent numbers against some of the better teams in the league. They hit seven at Bat Borisov, five at Dynamo Brest, um, seven at Torpedo. So they're more than capable, I think, in this match. I think Energetic are favourites at 21 to 20, but I would not be touching Energetic um, on Sunday after what happened last weekend and the fact they have lost their top goal scorer and some of their key players. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't back FC Minskeeder, to be fair. But I think it's a game, though, where they could possibly get a positive result and not lose the game. Yeah. So there's a couple of angles here. Energetic corner-wise are the are the worst in the league in terms of corners conceded. Um, they've conceded what seven, three, seven, seven, eleven, six, ten, six, sixteen. Some really high amounts, especially on on the roads. Slutsk managed eleven against them, and Smolovici managed seven. So they're conceding seven plus in a lot of their games. Um, and they're playing at FC Minsk side, who are averaging a decent volume of corners, especially at home. So a couple of angles for this game. I think, um, first up, I'm going to take FC Minsk here to hit six or more corners. I think they don't need to start getting the result FC Minsk. They got eight last week. And as I said before, they're consistently getting five and six corners a game. And I think they could possibly exploit... Uh, um, confidence um, sapped energetic side after last week. So it'll be really interesting to see how energetic responds, how they respond, sorry, after last weekend's result. But I'm going to take FC Minsk to get six or more corners and that pays even money with Skybet. Uh, keep an eye out though, um, bet we will probably offer it as well, but closer to the game itself. Okay, these are the... And, sorry, on you go. And the second bet, I'm going to take FC Minsk double chance here. I don't think they're going to lose the game, FC Minsk. I think they can get at least a draw. And I think they can score as well. Um, and that pays 5-6 to six with bet 365. These are the Greg Browning bets that I love because I look at them when you send them over and I go, how the hell is he managing to back FC Minsk against the Energetic? But it's only when you unravel the stats and the form and uh, everything else that goes with it that actually makes sense by the time you get to the point of saying this is why we should be back in FC Minsk double chance Well I'm just hoping we're sat here next Thursday or next Wednesday having the conversation of that was a good shout Greg Yes, <laughs> I, I, fingers crossed it will be Okay, that's great guys can you just give us a wee recap then of all those bets starting with yourself Grant 
Yeah, of course. Two games from the Premier League. First up is the West Ham Watford match on Friday night, where I'm backing Watford to collect 20 or more booking points at 4 to 5 with Skybet. Moving on to Sunday afternoon in the Tottenham Leicester match, I'm going for Leicester to collect 20 or more booking points, also 4 to 5 with Skybet. Next up is the FA Cup semi final on Sunday evening between Manchester United and Chelsea, and I'm going to have a play on Man United to score two or more goals at 5 to 4 with Bet365. Finally, from Serie A on Monday night, I'm backing both teams to score and over 2.5 goals in the Juventus-Lazio match, and that pays 11-10 to 10 with Bet365. And two bets from me. Um, first up on Friday at 6pm, it's Garodia versus podcast legends Belshina, <laughs> and taking Belshina to get five or more corners at even money, and that's with Skybet, and that's this weekend's nap. You should be able to get that elsewhere, um, hopefully tomorrow with, with Betway for those that can't get on uh, the Skybet um, offer of even money and finally on Sunday it's FC Minsk hosting Energetic I'm taking FC Minsk to get six or more corners at even money that again is with Skybet and I'm also taking FC Minsk double chance and FC Minsk to score and that's a bet builder with bet 365 and that pays five to six Excellent. Thank you very much. Now that's us for this edition of the podcast, but don't forget you can catch our Norwegian football podcast, which uh, will be available on all the regular channels. Of course, if you're a member of the Telegram group, then you will already have received that podcast. Uh, former St. George's player David Weatherson, who's now playing his football in Norway, joined us for that again. So hopefully there's plenty of winning tips amongst um all the content in that podcast uh, and before we go just a wee reminder that you can follow the guys on Twitter at Slipstips and at Browning84 huge thanks for listening once again if you like what we do then please spread the word and let your friends who like a bet know about us um, and in the meantime best of luck with your tips guys and best of luck to all our listeners thank you good luck thanks best of luck <laughs>